0: I think that's hard for people to do just in general with little kids because they start something and then they'll start rambling and go somewhere else but if you just sit there and you listen and you're asking those open-ended questions back um, they are going to just slide up and they are going to know you
1: care and they love just to sit there and listen to them welcome to she leads i'm your host thea and i'm so glad that you joined in today She Leads is a podcast for women to talk about leadership, faith, and relationships, and I want to welcome you into the conversation. Thank you for all of the comments and support, encouragement that everyone's been sharing. It's been really, really great to see that this is filling a need and that you have been enjoying what you're hearing. Uh, I encourage you to continue to send your comments and feedback to sheleadscomments at gmail.com. I would love to have you to be a part of the conversation. This week, I'm excited to welcome uh, my friend and previous co-worker, Jennifer Burkhart, to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming, Jennifer. Why don't you introduce yourself and explain a little bit about how we met? So,
0: yep. My name's Jennifer Burkhart. Um, we met, well, I guess, really a couple years ago when you came in as an intern at Chapelwood, but um, more recently, um, you were our associate pastor at Chapelwood, as I'm the preschool director there. Uh, but you were my supervisor for a year.
1: Yeah, yeah, we got to work alongside each other during an um, interesting <laughs> year, um, and got to do some really, really cool stuff. So I was excited that you were willing to come. I really enjoyed working with you. I uh, value your leadership and your ability to not only hold what's important in the center, but also begin to dream about where, uh, you know, preschool ministry might go. How might the church truly serve families? Um, And I appreciated that time that we got to have together. So I was excited that you're willing to come today. Let's jump into it. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about some of your childhood experiences. You work with children every day. You know how important their experiences are. What are some of your childhood experiences that have been the most influential to you?
0: So I didn't really come from, like, the typical traditional family background, Um, I come from divorced parents. Um, I come from a family that I saw the abuse happen in the household. Um, I had grandparents that helped raise me. They were a huge part of who I am today. Um, But that goes into why I do what I do now. Um, Because I don't think people truly realize the importance of early childhood and how those first five years of a kid's life truly make who they are they remember everything you are molding those kids now Um, and so for me it's making sure families understand that Um, I didn't come from that but it made me who I am today Um, it makes me love my child even more making sure she has that support system behind her um, but also why I'm in the role I am because
1: it allows me to Help other families and those kids. Yeah, I think I've, I've shared before that my undergrad is in early childhood education development, and I remember being just blown away by the experiences that these our youngest uh, people in the world have and how Im- impactful that they are. Uh, I remember reading things about you know if children don't have a stable home, mm-hmm. um, just the lack of enough food to eat, but then also well, how they're experiencing relationships. Um, I know that's, uh, I I had a professor who said that, you know, in early childhood, if, if you don't learn how to read until you're like 20, even she said, you'll be fine. But if you don't learn how to deal with other people, Mm -hmm. nobody will ever teach you how to read. And how important it is that children are learning how to interact with each other from their home life, Mm -hmm. but then that they can have a space where they're getting to practice some of that too. What are, what are you seeing today in your uh, in your preschool, that, that kind of being able to create those, those spaces and, and experiences that are, that are positive.
0: Well, within the last two years, I mean, COVID has really caused um, a lot of setbacks in that early childhood part, and I don't think people truly realized. Um, I know they were so focused on our um, adolescence and how far behind it they were going to get and how it was going to be hurtful for them but I think we truly forgot the early childhood-aged mm-hmm. kids, because those two-year-olds that have come in this past year, they are so far behind on social and emotional, mm-hmm. because they've only been with, they've only been with mom or they've only been with grandma. They've they don't know how to interact. They don't know how to have a one-on-one conversation. They um, they just can't. Mm-hmm. It, it it really hurts the kids. Being not being around other people, and you didn't realize that until you see it now how far behind we are on social and emotional, and just getting kids comfortable enough to carry on a conversation with someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, But even like cognitive, and gross motor, and fine motor, how important those are uh, just in a role of those zero to five. Because if they can't hold a pencil by the time they go to kindergarten. Yeah, when they're in the classroom, a teacher's not going to have time for that. Uh-huh. If they can't um, calm themselves down when they're upset, uh-huh. I mean, it all plays a role back into getting them ready for everyday life and uh-huh. everyday choices they get to make. If they don't have that interaction at such an early age, you know, they're not going to be successful.
1: Yeah. I can't help but just thinking about, so when we worked together down at Chapelwood United Methodist in Lake Jackson, um, I called the campus kind of an open campus. Mm-hmm. There's a, a piece of the campus where the preschool classrooms are, and actually my office was, that's open door. And so the door to the office goes to the outside. And it's a covered kind of patio type situation. Um, so basically my office is right in the middle mm-hmm. of the preschool, um, which was great. I was happy. I actually wanted the office next door to you that I could <laughs> with, with the window so I could yes. actually see them the whole time, but um, that it worked work out. But um, what I'm remembering as you're just talking about these children needing a place where they can not only figure out what's going on socially and emotionally, but also their, their um, fine motor skills and then beginning to build their cognitive abilities was just how happy these kids are, Mm -hmm. how this uh, space was a safe place for them. It was a place they knew. They were loved. Um, They felt comfortable there and were just excited. You know, I remember them coming in every morning and just Mm -hmm. being, you know, ready for the day and seeing them go to the gym or to the playground or even – potty breaks like they're just hi you know they're Mm -hmm. just so excited and I think that really speaks to the fact that they are feeling safe they are feeling like they're in a good place how do you lead your staff to make that happen lots of caffeine (laughs) (laughs) no
0: I mean the first almost six weeks um obviously we we follow a school uh, calendar um an ISD calendar Mm -hmm. and Um, that first six weeks is brutal. Mm. Um, you know, we're in a child's eyes, you're taking me away from my mom. You're taking me away from my grandma. Mm. Who are you? Um, and my teachers and my staff, I mean, they're wonderful. They, um, bless them because you have screaming children. You have children that are hitting them because Mm. you just took me away from my mommy. Mm -hmm. Why? Um, but their constant in routine and their love and caring of want to be, wanting to be there. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it, you know, um, that makes them know that they're cared for and, okay, I am going to be okay here. Mm-hmm. Um, and just constant reminder, mommy's going to be back. Mm-hmm. You know, the constant routine of, okay, I do know who you are. Okay, you do love me. Okay, you're doing everything mom does. Mm-hmm. Like,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like too. You've got to offer that constant, um, not reminder, but assurance, mm-hmm. right? That's something that children need over and over again. I need to, like you said, a good routine. I know what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. I know what's going to happen after that, so they can begin to build that trust um, for one another and for and for their their teachers, their their new leaders, or their and having the same teachers.
0: Um, my staff turnover rate is not high at all. I'm blessed that my teachers want to work there. They love wow. working with the kids. I think that helps tremendously on those kids see the same teachers. Yeah. Every single morning, every afternoon, um, they have smiling faces that drop off between myself and my assistant. Mm-hmm. They just know, okay, I'm okay here. Mm-hmm. I'm, they're going to take care of me here. Yeah.
1: How do you do that? How do you keep, uh, how do you keep your staff
0: What's your key to success? So I had a former supervisor, my very first, um, she's not here anymore, Evelyn Wright-Moore. She was a huge advocate for early childhood. And she was the one that always said, you have to take care of your staff. Mm-hmm. Um, your staff is who make you look successful. Um, and I always tell my staff that I will have their back, Um as long as they're honest with me and they're doing their job, I will have their back. I will take care of them. I think just making sure the teachers are reminded that they are loved, they are cared for, and I'm thankful for all they do, uh-huh. just because that's what my former su- supervisor used to tell uh-huh. us. Is you take care of your staff, uh-huh. they're going to take care of you. Uh-huh. Um, and I think just rewarding them every now and then, um, I'd go to Sonic and just uh-huh. do a Sonic run for them. Uh-huh. They just need a little pick-me-up every now and then. And I think that helps. Um, And then we're in an environment that puts family first. Mm -hmm. So knowing that if they have something for their kids, Mm -hmm. you're not going to be punished for going and seeing your kid's program or going to your kid's play and sporting event. You're not going to be punished for that because it should be Mm -hmm. family first. Mm -hmm. So I think they know that, and it's why they want to stay because – you're not in the business for the money for early childhood, so
1: <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. I love that you you not only you know honor them and celebrate them, but then you also honor their families. Um, I think that's a way to really show you care, right? It's not about I need this this shift covered, mm-hmm. but that you're a whole person. And I think about how the world of work is changing and how uh, younger and younger workers are really wanting that. They're needing a place where they they're understood as a whole person and not a worker bee or just someone, you know, a warm body to fill a hole, that they, there's this understanding that, hey, I I come with a a whole reality. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe that looks different than yours, but it needs to be taken into consideration. And I can just, again, remembering you have, you have a glass office, so I could see (laughs) what's going on in your office, you know, (laughs) how many times that your staff are in there just talking to Mm -hmm. you, right? And maybe it's just talking silly stuff or whatever, but I also know there's times where they're talking about real stuff and that they, they know that you're a safe place, that they're welcome in your office, they're welcome to come talk to you, whether it be something silly or something real, that you're gonna listen to them and that you're also gonna do the, the very best you can to take care of them. Um, I definitely saw that over and over again. There were women who had different unique needs during that, that year and you were always advocating and saying, we're gonna figure it out, we're gonna make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, because these people matter, and I'm not just going to fire her and move on. We're going to figure something out, um, how we can do this. Talk to me a little bit about the challenges. What are some of the challenges you've experienced? How would you get through them in your leadership role? Ooh, lots of prayers. Um,
0: I'm lucky enough I have a supportive husband that when I do have those challenges at home. Um, I mean, I try not to bring work home, but sometimes work just – It goes home. Sure. Um, I'm lucky my husband is supportive enough, and he listens. And then he gives me the advice, and it's not the advice I needed to hear, but I know it's the right (laughs) advice. Oh, okay. I mean, majority of the time, he is right. Mm. (laughs) Hopefully you don't listen to that. (laughs) Uh, Majority of the time, he's right. I just... I don't want to do that, or, um, you know, he's like, well, that's what I would do, or, you know, he's like, I know you can't do that, and so he'll tell me um, the right way, because in my line of work, there's staff, staff problems that'll come, family problems that'll come, but then you're also shared space, so then there's those problems that come about, So there's all these things where you're pushed and you're pulled and it's like, I'm going to have a meltdown. Mm. I'm going to have a breaking point. And sometimes that's my cue of, I need some time off. Yes. (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) Um, And that came hard for me to learn. I've got to step away. I've got to get myself in a better place so then I can come back and make this place Mm -hmm. the better place it's supposed to be
1: versus... That's so wise that you're able to recognize, one, that you have people that you can call upon, ask, you know, share, vent to even, Mm -hmm. um, and that they're going to, you know, not really solve it for you, but maybe remind you of what you already know. Um, But then also that, you know, you need to take Mm -hmm. some time. I think, especially in leadership, we start to get wrapped up in this idea that I have to be there. Mm -hmm. I'm the one. um, And actually, it's such a good sign of a leader of how much time they take off. Um, not that they're not present <laughs> to do their job, but that they take time off. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember a couple times interviewing under uh, different bosses and asking, "When's the last time you had a vacation?" You know, because I think your the, my boss's um, view of time off is definitely going to affect my view mm-hmm. and how I'm. You know, my time off is going to be allowed and, and supported, but also like, how healthy are you? Mm-hmm. How much do you actually trust people so that you can step away? Um, I want to kind of switch gears a little bit and talk about maybe I've always remember my experience with children is that some are just natural leaders at two, three, five Mm -hmm. years old. What are some of those places? Where have you seen children just kind of start to express and show their natural leadership? Do you have any examples of how you see that? And then also like, how do we foster that? How do we, um, support and encourage so that we're growing little leaders?
0: I think that's one of the benefits of families putting their children in a small environment, small preschool. And I know not every parent can, but I think that that's one of the benefits is we have two teachers in the classroom with, depending on the classroom, 10 kids, 12 kids, or the 14 kids Mm -hmm. um, with two teachers. When you realize that child is a born leader or, oh my goodness, we've got to take advantage, they're blossoming, they're growing, we've got to do something with this. That is the benefit of smaller classrooms, more teachers in the classroom. You can pull them, you can feed off of them, you can take it a whole step further. Um, There's this one little boy in my current pre-K-4 class, he is so involved with every dinosaur, every insect, everything nature-wise you can think of. And it's all about pulling, and um, grandma will sometimes be like, we found this in the backyard, mm-hmm. um, spiders and daddy long legs, just random things, mm-hmm. and she's like, can we bring it? And we're like, yes, of course, mm-hmm. because you're feeding into that learning. You're feeding into that growing. And what do my teachers do? They go and get a book from the library to, so they're able to adjust and feed into that little kid that needs that yeah. Um but then also it just shows how good those teachers are to stop what they're doing and shift and bring that to them. Yeah.
1: I love that idea of letting like kind of the kids almost lead the curriculum, mm-hmm. right? Of of what they're interested in and and using that as a tool and as a as a learning opportunity for the whole class. Mm-hmm. Um, especially at that young age where everyone's you know wants to learn more about a cricket and and honestly if I had someone really excited to teach me about crickets I could probably get on board for a little bit you know yeah Um, because
0: spiders nope but if you want to tell me all about that spider I will
1: listen Mm -hmm.
0: from the other (laughs) you take over I'll stand over Mm -hmm. here Mm -hmm. but I mean just feeding off of it and knowing they're so excited to tell us all these details and I mean have taught me so much about dinosaurs and i don't know anything about them names any of that but they can tell me everything that is about that dinosaur what they eat uh, how big they are Mm -hmm. so i will sit there and i will listen to that kid tell me all about it and if they want to learn more okay let's go let's go find a book let's Mm -hmm. go do it but i think if you're not feeding into it they're just going to stop and they're not going to
1: So you have to be attentive enough to notice it, and then you've got to, like, kind of let it happen. I think that's interesting because I think that the same would happen as I look at the teams I get to lead. When I notice someone's energetic or excited about something, that's usually my cue to say, all right, take it, run with it, you know, and to really let them them lead. Understanding they're probably not going to do it like me, but they're excited about it. You know, that actually came up recently. Someone said about – In our worship service, we have like a host. So someone from the congregation who says, welcome to worship. We're glad you're here. That's how you get connected, you know. And someone was telling me that it was boring. (laughs) Like, I don't, it wasn't actually, that the service she attended somewhere else was boring because the person didn't seem like they were really excited to be there and that it instantly gave me an idea. I thought, I'm gonna call my three people who are the most excited. And maybe I wouldn't have thought they were a professional speaker mm-hmm. or, you know, definitely had that kind of maybe that um, very relational demeanor. But when I thought about their enthusiasm, I was like, and then it was an easy sell. They're like, sure, I would love to welcome people. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, why didn't I ask you, you know, three months ago? But just, Again, like noticing where the energy is and just giving it to them and saying, Make this yours. You lead us the way that you would. And then being okay, that it's probably going to look a little different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's great. So, I mean, why do you choose to work with children and families? Why, what, what difference do you hope to make? I mean, why is this what you do? And what are you, what are you really trying to do?
0: For me, I love seeing. Growth from, and I, I know it's hard for some people to. What kind of growth do you really see in a kid, a two year old? What do you really see? But for me, I see a kid that in August was screaming his head off and now is carrying on full sentences and walking by my office Hey, Miss Jennifer, how's it going? <laughs> I mean, and then just being yeah. for me, um, being at restaurants, being at the grocery store. And hearing my name called across the the store, Um, and my husband just going, uh, it's funny because he will introduce himself as, yes, I'm Miss Jennifer's husband. Like, (laughs) he just knows that, okay, you're part of Chapelwood. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm Miss Jennifer's husband. And they know the kids will, oh, you're Miss Jennifer's husband. And Mm -hmm. uh, families just coming up to me and telling me, uh, we're so happy we're here. You've made such a big difference um, for us. We couldn't be happier. We're so glad we made this change. That's why I keep doing what I do um, molding these kids and then loving and caring for their families. I mean,
1: yeah. I would, yeah, I think being able to see the growth in kids actually sometimes feels easier. I think sometimes yes. you work with adults. For three to six years, you're like, I don't know if that person has moved one inch. (laughs) (laughs) But with kids, you know, it's kind Mm -hmm. of that. And I mean, it's not selfish, but kids are instantly gratifying. I mean, you know, there's a reason why. Like, I love being able to, when I heard the kids go by, I'm like, I'm going to go get my fresh cup of coffee now so they can see me and tell me hi and make me feel like a superstar. Mm -hmm. You know, they have this amazing ability to to almost like give off that same encouragement and love that they're receiving, like they don't have any fear or shame that makes them hold it in. It's like as much as the love as they get, they're just like, they get it. Oh, I'm loved to love, mm-hmm. right? As much as I'm getting, I'm just gonna pour out, and sometimes even more because that's what happens with love. It just multiplies. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, um, to be able to see that happening um, with their kids and then for for families to say, Thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I see the difference too. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. So what would you say would be the next step a leader can take today if they are around young children, if they've got young children, um, maybe with the hope to raise a leader one day, What what's the next step um, a leader can take with, young, with our youngest children? Listen, um,
0: I think that's hard for people to do just in general with little kids because They start something and then they'll start rambling and go somewhere else. But if you just sit there and you listen and you're asking those open-ended questions back, um, they are going to just slide up and they are going to know you care and they love just to sit there and listen to them.
1: I have to share, I was in the Czech Republic for a year and part of my uh, volunteer responsibilities was working at a a mother's center, which is kind of like a day preschool, but the moms would stay too. So they would all be there Mm -hmm. for kind of half the day. And when I first got there, I did not understand Czech yet. I was still learning, and my favorite was to talk with the kids because they would just come up, and they would tell me, I have no idea what they were saying, and I would just go – wow, super. (laughs) And they loved it. And they would just tell me Mm -hmm. more. And it was kind of like, I'm getting the social interaction. I'm getting a conversation. I have no idea what's happening, (laughs) but they were feeling very heard, you know, and I'm like, oh, wow, someone's talking to me and it's okay that I have no idea what they're saying. Um, so I just was thinking about that, you know, just listen Mm -hmm. and say, wow. And that's super. And, um, show them that they're worthy. Of that time. I think that's really, really yes. good. Yeah. Um, where can people find you? If they want to learn more, they want to connect with you, they want to come check out your preschool, where can they find you?
0: So Chapelwood Preschool Ministries is um, a ministry within Chapelwood United Methodist Church down in Lake Jackson. Um, um, You can reach out via email to set up tours or come and look. So that's preschool at chapelwoodumc.org. Awesome. So, yeah.
1: Well, thank you so much for being on today, and thank you for joining in. Once again, I'd love to hear your side of the conversation. Where are you seeing um, the littlest leaders being formed? How are you playing a role in that? What questions do you have about raising future leaders? Send those to sheleadscomments at gmail.com. Thanks again for stopping in. Be sure to subscribe, follow, like, share. Uh, We'd love to continue to share uh, She Leads with those who are uh, leading as well. Thanks. She Leads is produced by me, Thea curry Fusen, recorded and edited by Paralyn Podcast Studios. All thoughts and expressions shared by the guests are theirs and not the organizations they're affiliated with. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out next week to continue the conversation on She Leads.